This is the Happen to Your Career Podcast, episode 191. You will inevitably hit a point where you have grown and developed in one direction and prioritized and crystallized your values and the role or the organization or the, the work has shifted so that it's not totally in alignment. This has happened to your career. We help you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and then make it happen. Whether you're looking to do your own thing or find your dream job, you've come to the right place. I'm Scott Barlow. Totally burned out from working a typical nine-to-five job, just sitting at the desk, drudgery. This is Matt. Like a whole bunch of other people, he got really burned out on his job. Not only on a mental level, but also like an emotional level, just wearing me out. Listen for Matt's story later on to learn how he figured out what business to start that truly fit him. But yeah, the fear was definitely there. But you just have to keep going, right? You have to act in the face of fear. This is Scott Anthony Barlow, and you are listening to Happen to Your Career, the show that helps you figure out what work fits you by exploring other stories. We get to bring on experts like MJ Fitzpatrick, who's in Australia and helps people to give themselves permission to do really big things. And also people just like Jason Bowman, who have made really huge changes in their own lives. And by the way, These are people just like you. They've gone from where they are to what they really want to be doing. And they're just like our our guest today, too, who you've heard her here before. This is Lisa Lewis, and she's back on. In fact, today, this is is the episode. This is uh, the first time she was ever on. And it's it's also one of our most downloaded pieces of content and listen to pieces of of content that we have. And we've had so many people email us again and again and again about it that we thought we were going to, it's been so long since it's aired, that we thought we were going to air it again for you today. And in fact, we've gone one step further. I'll tell you a little bit about that a little bit later in the episode. So my name is Lisa Lewis and I am a career coach. And my, the story of what I do, you know, sort of starts many moons ago. Lisa and I dive into the topic of conversation that you see everywhere, all over the place, on on LinkedIn, on articles, and everything else. And that's success. And as it turns out, we all know that the definition of success is subjective, not objective, right? But there are some people that are perfectly content on traditional path of success from getting a degree or landing a job that pays for a fairly decent lifestyle. They get promoted. They continue working. They're perfectly content with their progress. Or there's also some people that start to lose interest in their work. And even if they get a promotion, even if they get those raises, but they can't help feel that their career's turned into something not so good, a J-O-B, Right. And it's become a chore to go get out of bed, go to work at a place that previously held a bunch of promise. So that's what we we go into today. And specifically how, how she's done some of that, because she's done it in some really innovative ways. And, and she now leverages that with our team. And at the same time, we talk about how to design experiments. Design experiments that allow you to figure out what it is that you should be doing before you actually go and do it too. That's why you don't waste a whole bunch of time. So take a listen for that as well. All right, here we go. I started out my career a decade ago in digital marketing and you know, started in a career path where I was doing lots of different types of things, had to wear tons of different hats, was working on different projects, different clients, You know, was really getting a taste of all kinds of different things one could do in terms of career paths and sectors and industries. And as I was doing my little digital marketing work back in the day, I started to make a name for myself as the person who was the go-to for questions around personal branding, resumes, and career pathing stuff. So the more that I was moving up the chain in my professional life, the more that I was also sort of gaining this internal 
reputation as being a person who is a great listening ear and who could offer up some really smart perspectives. And I remember once I was a a colleague of mine had referred her friend who was trying to make a career pivot. And she referred him to me to chat about, you know, all things career. And we talked, I took a look at his resume, offered some feedback and perspectives. And at the end of it, he referred me to somebody else saying that the counsel that I had given him was like purifying hellfire for his resume. I kid you is not. That, I is have that good? it in email. <laughs> I think that's that sounds good, mostly. <laughs> well, yeah, and at first I was sort of horrified by that. And then I thought, you know, that's a really cool kind of compliment. And, you know, so as I was moving up in my my marketing career, I was becoming less and less satisfied with the impact that I was making on people's lives and the more and more curious about what else might be out there. And so I started to think about what a career pivot might look like for me. And so when I first thought through my own career pivot, I I started thinking, you know, I love working one-on-one with people and I love helping people. So maybe that means the right profession for me is going into clinical mental health counseling. So Hold on, hold on. I want to I want to pause on that for just a second because <laughs> yeah. I have um I have heard that same exact set of words uttered from literally hundreds of people that I've, I've talked to. Yep. So yep. for and some of the same reasons. It makes a lot of sense because when you have, when you, you have your heart as a big motivator yeah. for you yeah. and you like working with people, it's hard to know what options and what opportunities are out there other than the ones that might be more immediately on your radar. And the the role or the path of a therapist is one that at this point in time is pretty well socialized and well known. So it feels like an easy one to say, okay, well, let me try that. So as I was trying to figure out how to make a pivot of my own, I applied to grad school. I applied for a different job where I would still be doing marketing-y stuff, but I would have a better um, a better opportunity to have my education paid for so I didn't have as many student loans. And I got to the day before starting class and I thought to myself, am I 100% sure that this is the right path for me? This is heavy, serious work. And this is a huge commitment of time and money and energy, blood, sweat and tears. Oh, yeah. And I thought to myself, there's got to be a lower risk way that I can I can figure out what's going to fit for me. And so I did two things at that point. One is that I started volunteering with Crisis Text Line, which is an amazing organization. It is a a crisis hotline, but it's available to you via text message. Really? So, yeah. So if you, on your phone, text the number 741741, you have access anytime, day of night, no matter where you are in the United States, to get access to a compassionate, trained crisis counselor to talk you through whatever's going on. And, and it was such a cool way to get to give a little test drive yeah. to that option as a career. And what I realized was that I, I loved the work, but I could not do that 40 hours a week. What, why do you say that? Now I'm super curious. Yeah, well, it's, it is amazing work, but it is tough work. You are in the emotional trenches with people every single day who are carrying such huge amounts of pain and suffering. And you have to have a really well-developed self-care practice. You have to be really good at drawing emotional boundaries between yourself and what you're going to take on for someone that you're working with and what the other person's experiencing. And it's, it's a lot. You're going into really dark places with folks, and it takes a really special kind of temperament and a special set of skills to be able to do that and turn that into a sustainable career. And I discovered that that was not the set of skills that I had. <laughs> and you know, thankfully now, before I went all the way through graduate school and then you know, was facing the same, uh, the same question or the same decision, but with a mountain of student loan debt on there, too. So hold on, I want to I want to pause there really quick because that that is really, really interesting because most of the time what I've seen is the result of that 
is people don't know what else to do. And then they move ahead and get that mountain of student loan debt. Or they blunder into it, get into the coursework enough or you know, get get halfway into it and then realize that uh, that that's not a great thing for them for one reason or another. And then now um, you know, the average 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 uh, graduate degree, I think I looked it up the other day, it costs like what, 30, 30 something thousand dollars. And then an average MBA costs forty one thousand dollars. But um, that's a that's a lot of money to make it halfway through and yeah. have it not work out. So you did something I think is truly phenomenal. And I didn't actually realize that uh, that this was part of your story, but I think that's super cool. Um, well, and Scott, the other funny part is that yeah. in my career coaching story, I have a big chapter of my story where I've been career coaching graduate students. So I am certainly not one to say that graduate school is a bad thing across the board writ large. No. But I think that making risk-managed decisions along your career path is a great option. So finding ways to design little pilot programs, little experiments, little ways that you can stick your pinky toe in the water to see if you are more in love with the dream of a career or a title or if you're really in love with the reality and the day-to-day is such an important part of the discernment process to to help yourself course correct early when it's going to be less less painful and less scary. That is, I'm actually writing that down right now. More in love with the dream of a career versus the actual day-to-day. Because I think that's what a lot of people struggle with too. And like you and what you were considering, it seemed to make sense at the at the time. But once you actually got into it, then it's a case of, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if this is really where I want to spend all my time. Yeah, and that's such a a hard place to be because then it feels like you're making a decision that's bigger than just what do you want to do with your career, but also how do I manage the debt from student loans or from payments that I've made so far? And, you know, there's a lot of emotional questions around that. You know, how do I, how do I tell people that this big commitment and this, this change and this piece of my identity that I had taken on in school is no longer, you know, exactly the right direction that I wanted to go in. And, you know, I think for what it's worth that people give you a lot more grace than, than you could ever, ever possibly know and appreciate. And I received that myself after telling everyone that I was going to graduate school and that I was going to become a counselor. And then I said, you know, I've actually been spending a little bit more time digging deeply into that question. And what I came to discover is that the thing that I love the most about working one-on-one with people is working on that very career-based question. You know, the, um, Derek Sivers, a, an entrepreneur who founded CD Baby and has a fabulous online uh, presence and a book, he writes that you shouldn't start a business unless people are asking you to start a business. And what I didn't realize is that through my own path, I had all of these data points and all of these breadcrumbs of people asking me to do something that I had just ignored because I wanted to to know what the solution was and know what the answer was and run towards this path of becoming a therapist instead of spending a little bit more time in that uncertain space where you are being introspective, you're collecting data, you're watching for trend lines and the connective tissue between the different pieces of your own path. And once I took a step back and looked at that distilled version of what I really was enjoying doing, it then became really easy to say, oh, everybody's already coming to me for career questions. Why don't I figure out how I can turn that from being 2% of my old job into more like 100% of a job? Well, you make it sound so easy. (laughs) (laughs) So that that is, um, I'm joking a little bit, but I think that's, you know, part of the reason why I wanted to talk to you about this too, because I love how you've got about this in your your own life. And... uh, from those small experiments, and I want to come back and talk about those here just a little bit later. But you know, the quote that you talked about from from Derek Sivers, where you shouldn't start a business in particular, but I think this applies to anything almost. You shouldn't 
invest so much of your life unless people are asking you to do it or you essentially can't stop do it. And we talk a lot about signature strengths on on this show and you know all those things that uh, that make you who you are essentially uh, unapologetically yeah. you the way that you're wired your predispositions uh, your skills the things that uh, that you're great at the things that you enjoy all that stuff rolled up together but you know I love what you're talking about in terms of hey it's already there people are already asking this of you it is the, all the signs point to to this type of thing, and what, I'm not talking about like you know your mother asking of you to be a doctor because she couldn't be a doctor or whatever. Not that type of asking, but where you got lots of <laughs> yeah. like you did. You had friends or coworkers or other people coming up to you and saying, "Hey, can I get help with this thing?" <laughs> that, yeah, love that. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And I feel like we've almost buried the lead here because well, one of the reasons that I am so excited to get the opportunity to work with you. Scott, and become the official figure out what fits career coach is that you run such a heart-centered business that is focused on this question of discernment and understanding yourself, understanding your strengths, your values, your passions and interests and skills. And I think that when you focus your time and effort on that piece of the puzzle, the rest of it can be really easy. You know, once you know your why, and once you know how the different pieces of your past experience have led you to have the strengths and interests that you have today and how you want to apply those in the future, then all the other questions about, you know, how do I talk about this in my resume? How do I answer interview questions? All of that becomes really, really simple. It may still be tricky to do execution wise, but conceptually, you've got all the puzzle pieces exactly where you want them. So let's talk about that then. So in your situation then, you started having some of these realizations, it, it sounds like, and you designed a couple experiments, if you will, to make sure that you knew whether or not going to going to graduate school is going to be the right thing and moving moving down the counseling path, if that was going to be the right thing for you, or at least a good thing for you, uh, decided it it wasn't necessarily and then you've got all these people that are that are coming to you saying, hey, you know, can I get this type of help? So what what happened from there? What happened in between then and now? So in between then and now, I I had that realization and I, I thought, OK, what what do I do with that realization? And I thought to myself, I couldn't possibly be a career coach who would who would believe me? Who would buy that? <laughs> And I actually worked with my own career coach to try to push through those questions of, am I, am I a little kid in big, in grown up clothing? Is everybody going to see that I'm just over here and I, you know, I don't know what I'm talking about. And I worked with a fabulous coach named Melanie. And she said, if you're looking for permission to go out there and bring your gifts to the world, you don't need to. Just go do it. You already have the proof from people coming to you and saying things like purifying hellfire and telling you that you are the fairy godmother of resumes. You already have the proof that you need that this is something that is not just a, a skill, but a strength. And so don't look for permission from anybody except for yourself. Get out there and do it. What is the action that you can do to start to prove to yourself that this is real for you? So let me ask you about that. And I'll kind of preface my question just a little bit because I know how I experienced this, but I'm really curious about how you experienced this. When I went, uh, when I was thinking about starting this business, when I was thinking about making any type of career change, even when I wasn't sure whether it was exactly going to be a, a business or whether I was going to move to another job or w whatever that looked like, I couldn't see how, in my case, I had a really similar story where people were coming to me, people were asking me to meet them for coffee. They were buying me Starbucks, mm. my secret, yep. my secret weakness. And then I would talk to them about making career changes. But I, at the time, could not see how that related to anything that I could do in the future. It was only after the fact that I could put those puzzle pieces together. And then it became obvious. But I'm curious how that was for you. Because I know that, that when people are entrenched in, what do I do? What do I do next? How do I, how do I move that? 
sometimes it is harder to see, but some people it's painfully obvious. So because what, what, what was it like for you? Let me ask that first. So when I was trying to figure out that question of how do I, how do I take action from here? What does that next step look like? What I, what I knew about myself is that I am super introspective. I am an introvert, so I love doing some of that deep inner soul work. Yeah. I am a big journaler. Um, and so what I knew was that I have done a ton of this type of uh, getting to know yourself, soul searching work in the past. And that it was the sort of thing that people had asked me about in the past. And I started to wonder, you know, might there be more than one person who would be interested in talking about that sort of thing and working on that sort of thing with me? I'm an engineer who was living in Portland, Oregon, and was moving up to Seattle, Washington to support my wife's career change. Remember, Michael? We already told you that he'd made some career changes before, but this one in particular, it was different. A lot of the folks I talked to using sort of my normal channels were often saying, hey, we'd love to have somebody like you on the team. Unfortunately, we just let three or four people just like you go because there's not enough work to go around anymore. Michael realized that this was not an opportunity for a change in location. This could be not just a lateral move from one city to another, but it could have the opportunity to be a promotion as well, leading projects to potentially leading teams of technical people. And that has sort of been where I wanted to be for a long time. As we worked with him, he began to explore a much bigger picture. It wasn't just about finding a job. It was about finding my place in a community and being able to show folks that I wasn't there just to, just to find something. I was interested in our conversation beyond the Mike needs a place to land in Seattle. He put in the work to really connect with people and made it happen. As we're speaking now, I'm sitting in my new apartment, having unpacked most of it in a gap week between when I left my old job and when I'm starting my new job. Congratulations to Michael on finding work he loves that fits his family's needs. If you also want to figure out what work fits you and find that fulfilling career that lights you up and gives you purpose, find out how coaching can help you step by step. Go to happentoyourcareer.com and click on coaching to apply or Pause right now and text my coach to 44222. Again, you can just pause right now and we'll send over the application. Text my coach to 44222. And what was wonderful about working with the Happen to Your Career team was that I was able to learn so much about how to go from good to great in that, that career transition. I pitched the idea of a professional lady badass brunch. <laughs> and I talked to my girlfriends and said, I want to do this, this brunch, this kickoff for potentially a new big career shift where we do a year ahead planning session. We talk about what all of your goals are. We talk about how you're going to make those happen, get through your limiting beliefs, put together your action plan. Is that something that you would want to come to? And I had 25 women say yes. And I made this first baby step into what coaching could be for me by just having this brunch and having people over, putting together these workbooks and walking through a little class to help people design what their best 2016 could look like. That is amazing for so, <laughs> for so many different reasons. I mean, and I don't know if people are catching necessarily all this. And I, I also did not actually realize that you had did this. I'm learning so much, Lisa. This is <laughs> phenomenal. But here's what I love about that in particular. First of all, back to the experiments. And I'm a huge fan of, and, and actually Mark, Mark is too. And we did an episode a while back, if you want more on this type of concept, where taking projects, small projects, small experiments, um, but... I'll see if I can look it up here and give you the episode number, but, or search project success. And then you can, you can pull that right up, but love that you designed another experiment. And then the other thing I love about that too, is very often so many times when people are making a career change of any kind, regardless of whether it is a, your own thing or whether it is, you know, working in another type of occupation, if you will, so many people struggle to think about themselves mm. in that light. And when you go through and you commit to something and you create stakes for yourself that you now have to 
uh, you know, you took some of those initial steps and you asked, you had probably asked several women off the, off the get go and they said yes. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, crap, now I have to make this work. I suspect there is some of that. And then, yeah. oh yeah. And then now you have to, you've committed to this event and then you, most people at that point want it to be good. So they go through the time and the effort and trouble of, of preparing to make sure that it's good. Now that you've created this vested interest for yourself and the stakes and that all those, you know, four or five things combined really, uh, really kind of make, make magic in, in transformation. So, oh yeah. So what, what happened from there then? So from there, I very much had a, okay, now what? moment of this is great. People are interested in this. Um, but what do I, what do I do from here? And I honestly had somebody from the brunch say, Hey, I'm working through some pretty serious career questions. I'm really unhappy at my job and I'm trying to figure out where to go from here next. Would you be willing to chat with me? And so as an outcropping of that small experiment, I had my very first client, my very first paying client, which was exciting because I suppose I'd had clients for years and years prior to that. And we worked together. She made a career pivot and she and I are still in contact today about how things have been going along her career growth path. And it has just been so cool to watch all of the evolutions that have gone from being someone who used to be uh, a, a copywriter and a blogger and was doing that day in and day out and wasn't necessarily feeling like she had the opportunity to bring all of her gifts to work, that she was really operating within a very limited framework of what she was capable of Yeah. to being the, the content strategist and overall web project manager for a nonprofit. And it's just so cool to see. So I had, I had client number one, and then from there, the question was, how do I, how do I get more than one? You know, one might just be a fluke. One might just be because somebody <laughs> likes me and thinks I'm cool, but that's not a business. That and, happens, by the way. I want to call that out. Almost everybody goes through some variation of that, regardless of whether it's a business or regardless of whether you're shifting and change about how you're thinking about yourself into a different type of realm, occupation, whatever. Everybody kind of goes through that type of questioning. So... Okay, so what what what, what ha- you got to the it might be a fluke, and then mm-hmm. what? So then I had to learn how you find clients and how you find people who you might be able to help and who want to work with you. And the answer was you have to be visible, which was not a an answer that I had necessarily been expecting. I had sort of thought that I could do this invisibly, and I could just tell myself in my heart that I was a career coach and that everything would just happen. I would have some sort of magical overnight transformation. I would wake up. It would be like a, a, a caterpillar emerging from its cocoon as a butterfly. <sighs> but that that was not how it went. Yeah, I had to tell people and I had to do the work and talk to people about what's going on in your career. What are some of your pain points? What are some of the things that if you had a a solution, or if you had a sounding board, or if you had a second pair of eyes, you might be able to to push through. And what would that mean for you? Like what amounts of happiness, fulfillment, satisfaction, meaning, contribution would that open up for you? And so I had to do the the pounding the pavement side of things, if you will, talking to mentors, talking to former people that I had managed or had as interns, talking to past peers and really getting a sense for what the marketplace looked like and where I might be able to make a contribution. And from those conversations and talking to people about what their struggles and their pain points were, I started to really craft my career vision that I wanted to be a person who was helping to reduce suffering pain and frustration in the working world by helping people align their work with their values. The world needs a lot of that, <laughs> which is, yeah, well, which is, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. It's, it's tough. I mean, I think that in a lot of ways, the messages that we get around our career, starting from even a young age, is that you sort of have to audition for somebody else's definition of success. 
you know, you go through all of school and you have all these checkpoints of success of getting good grades or graduating or getting an internship or, or having a job. And there's some point at which I think each of us experiences this quiet and deeply personal question of, is this all there is? Or is this the path I'm supposed to be on? And I think that especially for high achieving folks, you know, people who are in jobs that other people would be jealous of, it feels particularly tricky, painful, challenging to say, you know, this might be somebody else's dream job, but this isn't fitting with who I am, where I want to go. And I owe it to myself because I believe that my happiness is important and my fulfillment and satisfaction is important and my growth potential is important to make a switch. A lot of HT with my seers that, first of all, we attract a lot of high performers. And the one thing that comes across to is some people even feel guilty at that point. It's like, hey, I've got this set of things, if you will. I've got the situation that other people are jealous of or other people would kill to have. Why don't I love it? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's such a common feeling. And that I think that sort of a belief is the biggest obstacle to being able to make a change to unlock more in your, your happiness, in your life, in your career. And just because it isn't perfect for you or doesn't feel good for you doesn't mean that you should feel guilty or, uh, you know, responsible for that in some way. You know, I think that especially with high performers, you're going to go through this adult developmental cycle where you launch a project, you launch a new career path, you launch a new job, whatever it is, and things are going great. You're in the honeymoon period. Everything feels awesome. And then because you're learning and growing and because the role and the the sort of ground underneath you is moving ever so slightly at the same time, you will inevitably hit a point where you have grown and developed in one direction and prioritized and crystallized your values and the role or the organization or the, the work has shifted so that it's not totally in alignment. And that's so normal and so common and you're going to go through it tons of times in your career, that being able to interpret that not as something to be guilty for, but something to almost be grateful for and thankful that you have been growing and learning and becoming this bigger version of yourself. And then use that as an invitation to choose a a bigger path is, I think, a huge difference between career pain and career freedom. You have a lot of things that we should put on Twitter afterwards out of this conversation (laughs) between (laughs) career pain and career freedom. I love it. Let here's, here's what I'd love to do also is love to talk a a little bit about how, how you got from that, how you got from that decision to, to career coach and, and you made a, you even made a switch. I know in your, in your day job as well, that I think was pretty phenomenal. So I, I know a little bit about that, but I want to I want to make sure that our audience gets to hear about that too, because that's not something that most people think is easy to do, and I, and I doubt it was. But I think I want to go through that, and then what I'd also love to do is take a take a few minutes and answer some questions that we've had from HTYCers. Does that sound okay? Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So then to to complete the the story. Yeah, let's there. round it out. Yeah. So now everybody's when, curious. <laughs> so when I started doing my my career coaching and I had started with this first professional lady badass brunch, this was all on the side. I still had a full time day job doing digital marketing and I was feeling less and less satisfied with that being how I was spending 40, 50, 60 hours a week. And so I thought to myself, OK, if I'm going to learn from past mistakes here and figure out a way to do a very risk-managed transition, what are some ways I can get incrementally closer to doing this one-on-one work with people that I love within my current company? Because that's my ideal. You know, if I have to leave and go somewhere else, I'll do it. But if there's an opportunity to do it with my current company, I'd love to. And so the company that I work for is an education technology company, and we partner with universities across the the country to help them power their graduate programs. Yeah. And 
there was an opportunity to move from doing marketing to um, to make a switch and actually do career coaching, working one on one with graduate students. And it was not it was not a simple road by any means. I applied for all kinds of other jobs that were a little bit directionally correct, but were not spot on within the company. I applied for HR. I applied to be on the training team. I applied to do um, corporate branding instead of branding for the programs. And I ended up having a conversation with the person who was the head of the career services team department. And she had said, you know, we're not hiring right now, but I'd love to just talk to you about your interest in the team. And after she and I had a conversation and I was able to share with her all the things that I had been doing on the side and this little business that I had been growing as my side hustle, she said, you know, let's figure out if there's a way that we can make this happen. And I was so fortunate. (laughs) Yeah, I was so fortunate and so uh, humbled and so lucky to get the chance to then make that transition. And I have been doing career coaching with graduate students ever since and now doing coaching with figure out what fits family members. Uh, yeah. So we now, now you're with HTYC and then you also, you, you have lots of career coaching going on in, in your life. And by the way, for figure <laughs> out what fits, we are, um, we've actually changed that name to career change Boot Camp. So coming soon, if you haven't already heard about that, but just a little FYI behind the scenes here. Uh, anyhow, Lisa is the person who is there to be able to support every single person through that program. And then also does, uh, a lot of our other coaching with, with HTYC too. Um, how, how would you, how would you describe your role? What, what do you, why, why are you here, Lisa? (laughs) No pressure or anything. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I get the opportunity to wear many hats. So I get to work with all of the the students in the career change boot camp program along the way to be there for them for any email support that they might be needing. I also get to offer the the resume feedback and reviews. And after having done now more than 200 resume reviews in my career, I feel like I am pretty good at offering the most powerful set of changes and feedback that somebody can make to make a big difference in the way that they talk about themselves. Um, I also get to do mock interviews with students. I get to do bonus coaching sessions with students. So all of that is fabulous. And then with people for whom the figure out what fits career change live class might not be the perfect fit, we also do one-on-one individualized coaching. So there is a little bit of everything depending on what what feels like it would be the most helpful and the right solution for you wherever you are. That is and we we don't talk a lot about this on on this show but that is one of our company philosophies is we really work very hard to try and figure out what is a great fit i mean geez we use fit in the title of about everything that we do so uh, we we have to set the standard i suppose we want to make sure that uh, whatever whatever type of help we are providing is a great fit for the people that that we're helping so when we interact with HTYCers, our number one goal is to just try and determine what is your situation, what is a great fit, and then just try and be of help in everything that we do. And could to be quite honest, that was part of the reason why, as you and I started talking, I was interested in having additional conversations. And then later on, when we went to hire a career coach, it, it stood out for me that you add value and we talk all the time about that, and it's almost cliche now in terms of adding value. But truly, you add value to every single interaction that you have. And I, I so, so appreciate that, and that, uh, that is what we stand for as a brand. So, so thank you, first of all. And then Scott, you're making me blush over here. Oh. I hope that's not coming through in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody's only going to get to hear the hear the audio, but uh, we're actually on video right now. Who knows? Well, maybe we'll take a clip of Lisa blushing. <laughs> no, I. What I would love to do though is let's put some of this stuff into action because we get yeah. questions on a oh my goodness, uh, almost hourly basis at this point. 
Um, we get so many emails at, at this point. I, I struggle because uh, I can't return them all. And that's a, that's almost painful for me. So I read every single one, but I, uh, I would do nothing else. I wouldn't be able to run the company. I would do nothing else but return email all day if I returned every single one. So what we wanted to do is pick out a few of those from, from our listeners and from our readers and be able to try and answer and just offer some suggestions, advice. Uh, I don't know purified hellfire or something along those lines. Um, <laughs> Hopefully <fours>. nothing that serious. <laughs> Hopefully nothing that serious. Absolutely. Okay. So let's, let's talk about that. Um, why don't we, why don't we start with, let's start with this, this top one here. We, we threw a few, uh, a few of these together and let's see, this is, this is from Gizm and I'm just going to read it off here and you tell me your thoughts on this, and let's try and let take the situation and find figure out what. Jeez, uh, I can't stop saying "figure it out." <laughs> it's integrated into everything. It's like every other sentence now for me. Um, so okay, so she goes and says, "Hey, I'm currently looking for a new job in a different city than I live in the U.S., and I'm mostly struggling with online job applications and connecting with people from a distance. I send online resumes, but I only have got one callback so far." So she she says she's really looking for a for a career that fits her and she's really looking to get help defining her strengths so that she can present them in applications as well as improving her networking skills. And I'm paraphrasing that that last sentence a little bit, but those are the things that she's looking for. So in that situation, what what do what do we do? How do we <laughs> how can she proceed? Sure. So you know, I sort of think about the process of doing job applications as very much, you know, almost a math equation that you have to do a certain number of these things to then have the next things happen to then have the next things happen. So you have to send out a certain number of resumes to get a certain number of interviews, and then you're likely going to get a certain number of offers. So you can sort of look at the different links in the chain to figure out where somebody might be having a an issue or a question where tightening up language or figuring out a different way to talk about your strengths can be a really powerful lever to get more of the results that you want. So it sounds like from the question that the process of sending out uh, resume and cover letters into these online job application portals isn't getting the sort of results that she wants. And that is a, a very common thing. I hear something like, because of the online job portals, people, hiring managers now get over a hundred resumes on average to fill every position. And yeah. it's hard to stand out from everybody else who's in that, in that pile to make sure that you get into the interview pile and not into the recycle bin pile. And so if that's the point where your process feels like it's not working the way that you want it to, I think that there are, there are two key things that you can do. Number one is See if you can play a different game from what everybody else is playing, which means that if you're sending in all of your applications online, then take an opportunity to see if you can find a way to connect with people who are at the organization that you want to be working at. So that instead of having to send in a faceless piece of paper through the internet, you could actually give a real human your resume and have them walk it in to the hiring manager or the HR department and be able to vouch for you as being an honest-to-goodness human being with skills and talent and personality and immediately move yourself up to the top of the pile. So that's thing number one. Thing number two that I would recommend is thinking about ways that you can think like a hiring manager and get into their brain about what they would want to see on your application materials to make sure that you are meeting their needs and meeting, answering and solving their problems as well as you possibly can. So this process takes a little bit more time upfront because you have to, as you're going through your resume and your cover letter, really tailor each one of these documents to show off specific skills or specific experiences or specific knowledge sets that are being mentioned or referenced in the job description. But if you do that, you are A, going to match up with the, the search terms and phrases that the automated systems are going to be looking for in your resume and cover letter, thus giving you a better chance. But B, you're showing the hiring manager that you care and you are thoughtful and that you've taken the time to show them exactly how you could be the solution to all of their problems 
And that's immediately going to make you a really interesting and appealing candidate and maximize your opportunities to get an interview and then show off your personality to be able to get that job. Absolutely love that. And I think what most people don't realize from this process, just to kind of add on to what you have already said, is that when you're trying to find, when you're trying to go through the actual job search piece, so let's assume that you've already done some of the work and you understand what might be a great opportunity and what that can look like for you and you're uh, and maybe you understand some of your strengths, but um, this is a marketing process. And the thing that most people don't get with marketing is for marketing to work, you really have to understand the motivations and what is it, as you said, in the, get into their brain of, <laughs> of whoever is receiving the marketing for them to be able to take action. Because that's really what marketing is. You're trying to generate a particular action and be able to spread our awareness in a way that's going to cause people to take that type of action over, you know, immediately or over time. And uh, that's, that's what a resume is. That's what, uh, that's what all the other type of approaches that you described are too. They're all, when it comes down to it, marketing. And if you don't have that really solid understanding of what, uh, what they want, what they need, and you can't solve their problem, if you will, they have a problem, they need to fill this role or they, you know, they've got other problems within the company. If you can't do that, then they're not ever going to respond. So they take those indicators, if you will, uh, about whether or not you're going to be able to solve those problems and then make a decision from that. And most often it is their decision is disregarding you unless you're doing some of the things that you're saying. Do you, do you, uh, do you have time for one more, uh, one more question here? I sure do. Let's do it. All right. Sounds good. We, uh, I got so enamored with your story that, uh, we barely left any time for questions here. Well, let's, let's talk, let's take another one here and actually let me make a really quick comment on, the last piece of her question here, because she also said, hey, I'm really looking to be able to, I'm hoping to define my strengths and present them in applications, as well as improving networking skills from a distance. And you, you kind of hit on some of the networking skills stuff, but let me comment on the defining your strengths and presenting them in applications. What I will tell you is that question comes up all the time, but that's a misnomer. It is the wrong question in a lot of ways, because if you're thinking about how can I solve the problem, people don't really care about your strengths. Like at the end of the day, they care about what is going to be helpful to them and not in a, they're a bad person sort of way, but just in a, look, I've got a lot of things on my plate and I want somebody that can help solve problems. Uh, not somebody who I really understand their strengths. And it's really nice if those things line up, but, um, it's not going to be a case where you're going to magically put your, your strengths on a resume and they're then going to, they're, they're going to like generate, it's not going to rain make some, uh, some interviews for you. Instead, what you can do is focus on the marketing aspect, focus on getting into their head and helping, uh, helping yourself stand out in the way that they want and need for them and their organization and, and make their life easier. And then you can get the opportunity to get hired for some of your strengths once you actually get to the interview process And then plus, it's really your responsibility to line out opportunities that are going to leverage your strengths in the first place because they don't, they don't care. And again, not in a bad way. It's just, it's not their priority. Yeah. Um, It's this question of what's the question behind the question that you're being asked and how do you get to the, the nugget of what's in it for me that your interviewer is actually looking Mm -hmm. for. So if you can use your strengths to paint that picture of, you know, here's how those would be really helpful in this situation to help this role be done quickly, efficiently, with great communication, with great customer service, whatever it is, you know, that's where the magic starts to happen in terms of the interview process. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So here's another one. You knocked that one out of the park. Let's, let's go on to another one. Let's, let's help some more people here. Um, so this is from Stephanie and Stephanie says, and actually this is a pretty long email, so I'm, I'm just going to read part of it. I'm going to paraphrase some of it because she's got a couple of different questions in here, but I think this one's appropriate because it's similar to what a lot of people are thinking. So she says, I'm struggling to stick with something because I have so many ideas and many places I see myself going and I feel trapped in mainstream society and sometimes wish I could just go off the grid. <laughs> I, you know, I, I really look for connections with people and great conversations about what matters. And and that's what she's looking for at the end of the day. And, you know, she goes on to describe a little bit, but what she says is 
I can't seem to find a day job that truly connects with something that, that truly matters to me. And I end up job or I end up jumping from job to job and leaving because I'm left and I'm disappointed by the lack of worth it truly has. So then she goes on to say, Hey, you know, family and friends are telling me, Oh yeah, this, this job is awesome. Or that job is awesome. And you're really good at it. But that's, that's where she's at. And I think that's a really interesting, interesting place to be. But I think that's where so many HTYCers can be too, because we end up working with a lot of people that have lots of interests and are good at a lot of things, not necessarily just one thing, if you will. Um, and that, that makes it more challenging in a number of ways too, because, you know, like Stephanie, you end up <laughs> wondering where the heck should I go? What the heck should I do with all this stuff? So she, she found herself falling back to, and I, I'm going to read this off because, uh, it's kind of funny concept. She, she goes, I find myself falling back to a concept introduced to me by a book I read by Rob Bell. I start back at square one. I'm staring at my blinking lion and unable to form a thought that is original and has depth. So, okay, what do you do when you're, you find yourself staring back at the cursor and you find, think you're starting over again, if you will, and you're trying to figure out where on earth you go when there's many places and ideas? Yeah. No, no pressure uh, or anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, pressure actually is the first word that comes to mind as I'm listening to Stephanie's question is, holy moly, Stephanie, you're putting a ton of pressure on yourself. And no wonder you feel like you can't go anywhere or do anything because it feels like there's a huge amount of self-worth and satisfaction that's wrapped up in making the right next decision or finding the perfect opportunity. And what I've found with working with my clients that have had this same question of, I have so many different passions and interest areas and I don't know what to do next. What I found has been really helpful is to share first the perspective that if we are so lucky and so blessed, life is long and you will have the opportunity to get to try on as many different or as few different sectors, roles, uh, you know, activities as you're interested in. So you don't have to solve it all right now. You don't have to, you know, find the perfect next step or else. And, you know, in so many ways, having this concept of having a perfect job or a, in a right next step versus wrong ones can oftentimes take away some of the the curiosity and exploration and wonder that should be a part of this process as you're really getting to know yourself and what you like and what you're good at. Um, so, you know, first thing is don't put tons of pressure on coming up with the right answer because there may not be any such thing as a right answer. And like we were talking about earlier, you know, as you learn and grow and get a chance to try something on, you'll find pieces about that that really resonated with you and you loved, and you'll find pieces about that that you could leave behind and you want to discard. And you'll keep evolving and making these little micro pivots along your way, which can keep helping you move closer and closer towards your North Stars and towards doing work that feels really good. But the other thing that I think is worth saying is that if you have so many ideas and many places that you see yourself going, one mental model that can be really helpful is thinking about of all of those different options, which ones make you feel most energized or alive or excited or joyful when you think about them. Because, you know, especially for people who have tons of different areas of interest, it can be really tempting to try to look for one job that combines all the different pieces. And, you know, sometimes that exists out there, but for a lot of people, it's easier to, to focus on the things that they know feel really good. They have fun doing and lean into that a little bit further in your career and double down on that piece of what's working. Um, you know, I'm my background in coaching training is in the the pivot method, and one of the big things that we talk about in the pivot method is to use what's already working to figure out what could be next. So you don't need to wipe the slate clean and start from scratch. You know, but think about of all the things that you're interested in doing, which one are you already devoting time to in your free time or already, you know, leaning into and have found a way to do a side project in your current job on and figure out how you can get more of that and just lean into what feels good. Because at the end of the day, 
you know, being unhappy in your job can work for some people, but doesn't work super well for everybody and isn't necessarily sustainable. So leaning towards happiness and leaning towards places where you're already finding flow and satisfaction, I think is going to be the best way to start to uncover what direction you're growing in and what can feel really good for that next step to keep moving past that that blinking line that you're looking at <laughs> and keep putting words on the page. You know, even though they may not be the perfect ones, they'll definitely be directionally correct and feel better than feeling completely weighted down by pressure and stress and expectations around this like magic glass slipper type job. I love that analogy because writers run into that type of thing all the time where they're staring at the blinking cursor and not sure where to go from there. But one of the, one of the things I've heard over and over again from really amazing writers and authors is that you have to write anyways. You have to move forward anyways. You have to put stuff down on the page, as you said, anyways, in order to be able to actually move forward. And that's where, as uh, Richie Norton said on Jesus, like episode 13, I think it was way back when, you know, when you're in motion, that's where the magic happens. Yeah. So it's this question of getting out of your head and just taking some action, whatever that action is, that will give you more data and more uh, feedback about what could be a good next step or a bad next step than hundreds of hours of being inside of your brain, racking yourself for figuring it out and finding the solution. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely love that. And just one other addition, you know, you talked about at the very beginning of that, that pressure that you're putting on yourself and almost everybody does this. We call this perfection pressure here. Um, mm. And that, that type of pressure becomes... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? It becomes, it creates no movement. It creates no movement. And actually one of the reasons that we called uh, happened to your career, happened to your career. The reason we put career in there is because uh, career, if you look up the root words uh, to it, it means wide path or even, uh, even wheel. It comes from the same root words as carriage and things like that. And ultimately it means journey. It means your journey. It means your full, you know, your full life. And, uh, you hear the cliche all the time, enjoy the journey. But I really think that the more that you can focus on the journey itself, the more it takes the pressure off of having to have the perfect thing. And the more that you can look at this as I know you have Lisa as, Hey, how can I, how can I design some smaller steps and design some experiments, create some ways to try this stuff out and try it on for size, just the, like the way you might try on a, I don't know, set of clothes or something at the store. It, that allows you to be able to get feedback, bring feedback into your life. And then you can decide if you actually want to purchase it and take it home. So yeah, yeah there we go. Um, we, uh, this, this time has just flown by here. Like <laughs> I thought we were going to do a you know, 35, uh, 35, 40 minutes. That's usually what we aim for. And we, <laughs> we far surpassed that. And I appreciate you taking, breaking the time, Lisa, and making the time. Cause I know you've got, uh, you've, we both have other stuff lined out today, but this has been awesome. And I know that this is going to be very helpful for our listeners. And I'm, I'm just curious where can this is, I ask this of every single guest. It's a little bit different. I guess I know the answer in this case, but you know, where can people connect up with you if they want, uh, if they want more, uh, Lisa, how can they, how can they reach you at, uh, at happen to your career? How can, uh, how can, how can you help make that happen? Yeah, well, I, because I am officially part of the team, I have my happen to your career email address now. So if you want to get in touch with me with any questions, comments, uh, feedback, anything like that, you can catch me at Lisa, L-I-S-A, at happentoyourcareer.com. I'm also on LinkedIn and all the other great places that you can you can find and read some of the work that I've done, some of the writing that I've done. So I'd love to get a chance to to connect and get to know you better if you're thinking about making a pivot and want some perspectives on how to make that as successful and fruitful as possible. Very, very cool. Hey, I really, really appreciate it. And I have only one other question for you, and that's 
you know, if people are if people are in that place where they're interested in making a change, not sure of the right first steps, whatever that is, what advice would you what advice would you give them as they're thinking about that, so that they don't go back to that uh, that blinking cursor, if you will, or however else we want to put that, or if maybe they've even tried different stuff in the past and it hasn't worked out for them, what what general advice would you give them for next steps? Well, I would say first. Congratulations. You have had a huge insight and breakthrough in terms of your knowledge of yourself. And that's an awesome place to start from. Second, don't do anything dramatic or drastic right now if you can help it. Don't take this as the opportunity to go ahead and totally quit your job and do all of that dramatic stuff. There will be a time and place for that later if it makes sense. But the best thing that you can do at this point is Figure out how to get back in touch with the teeny voices inside of you, whether they are in your heart or your gut or your soul, that tend to give you some pretty good advice and counsel about what feels really good for you. And one thing that I encourage folks to do is to, you know, if you have a notebook, write this down in a notebook, or if you have a, you know, a Word document or even an open email on your phone that you can go back to and add to as you want to, um, but put at the top of that document a couple questions. What are things that I do that excite me and light me up? What are things that I really want to spread the gospel about? Things that I love talking about, love reading about, spend my spare time doing. And what are the things that I can't help but be? Do. And then just pay attention you know, at the end of the night, if you realize, oh my gosh, I spent three hours today teaching someone how to use a technology tool, that's something that you can't help but do. So put that down. If you spent an hour and a half killing time at a job that you hate, reading blogs about, uh, you know, world leaders and different difficult, difficult decisions that they've made, write that down. You're your mission at the beginning is always just to be an observer and take in all the data points and then figure out how they could crystallize and come together later. The first part is making sure that you've got the right data and you're listening and paying attention to the signals that you're sending yourself throughout your own life. I think what's really cool about that too is by the time people get here and they're listening to this show or by the time that, you know, you get to that point and they end up walking through our door and, you know, signing up for our eight day mini course or, you know, going to our website or whatever else it is. If you've already done some of that, some of what Lisa is, is talking about here, then that best puts you in a position to be able to receive any type of next steps of help, whatever that look like, whether that be going to a friend and asking for advice, whether that be, you know, getting, getting career coaching and working with a coach to help you take some of those next steps, whether that be going and working through, you know, our eight day figure it out mini course, whatever that is, the more that you do those things that Lisa just mentioned, the better prepped you're going to be to actually take action on on the next end with the next step whatever it is that comes beyond that so thank you so much for for taking the time making the time this has been awesome i <laughs> every interaction that we've had for the last uh i don't know what has it been a month month and a half uh i don't even know how long it's been since uh since we've brought you on here i should know that but uh but i feel I feel better and better and better and encouraged that, uh, that made the right decision. And I'm ecstatic that you're here. You get to be a part of this and you've already been a ton of help to people really, really quickly. And uh, it's blown me away. I've been thoroughly impressed. So thank you so much for, thank you so much for joining the team. Oh, I am so happy to Scott. You know, I think that what you do is awesome. And I have done a lot of research into what other career coaches are putting out there and the quality of the materials and the thoughtfulness of them. And honestly, the, the quality and the type of stuff that you do is so valuable and meaningful and good that I said, I need to figure out a way to get on board that train. How do I help? So I'm so glad to be here. Hey, if you absolutely loved that episode, which I did, and 
as I mentioned, it's our, our most downloaded interview. And if that's the case, I want you to head over to happen to your career slash 191. Happen to your career.com slash 191. And that'll that'll get you to all of the uh, all of this particular content, but where you can also absolutely download the transcript of the episode since we've had so many people request for that and we didn't used to have it available. And and at the same time, you can download a guide that we've put together from the episode so that you can begin designing experiments for yourself and following the breadcrumbs to your dream career. All right. Hey, thanks so much. Really appreciate all of you that have already gone over to iTunes as well and rated and reviewed the podcast because it helps so many other people find us. You have no idea this is such a huge deal. And when we're, we've got this huge goal of trying to make a massive change so that companies are focused on helping provide wonderful environments that allow you to do work that you love. Well, we can only do that one person at a time, which means that we have to reach a lot of people to make a huge impact on companies around the world, as it turns out. So the more people that uh, that show up for the for the podcast, the more people that are listening, the more people that are getting to work that they love and doing doing this thing and happening to their career. Well, that's what allows that to happen. So very much appreciate you rating and reviewing because that allows those people to go and happen. Yeah. Take a listen to what we've got in store for you next week on the Happen Your Career podcast. The company culture was like nothing I've ever experienced. And that was one of the main things that really sold me about this job. In addition to that, the mentorship that I'm going to get from my future coworkers and the owner of this company is second to none. I'm going to learn so much and be able to have so many skills that are going to basically make me much more marketable in the future. That's right. All that and plenty more next week. It's here on Happen to Your Career. I will see you next week when the episode releases on Monday. All right. I am out. Adios.